us to Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Today we're going to minister on believing is a gift from God. Believing is a gift from God. Our scripture text is Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that what? To him that what? Believeth. Now in our last series, we looked at Isaiah 54.2. And it was part of our foundational text. And it said, Enlarge the place of thy tent. It said, Let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitation. It said, Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. And thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. And sometimes when you read things like that, you may question how. Because some of you may be saying, or said one time or another, I'm stretched out as it is. Come on. How can I be stretched out any more than I am? Has anybody ever said that before? Come on, say amen, somebody. So believing has a lot to do with receiving what God has said. Let me say it again. Believing has a lot to do with receiving what God has said. See, one thing we got to get a realization of is we have, to get a realiza we have to get a realization that without us, this world will not make it. Let me say it again. Without us, the believers in this room, this world will not make it. We are the most important people on this planet. Let me say that again. We are the most important people on this entire planet. Now, I'm not being arrogant. I'm just telling the truth. Think about it. Out of 7 billion people on this planet, God chose you to represent him. God chose you to minister his word. God chose you to honor him. Out of 7 billion people. Amen. See, the only Jesus most people will ever see is the Jesus in you. That's why God is raising ministries like Keith Butler Ministries. Amen. Because the need is so urgent. Because the time is short and we only have 2.3 billion Christians on this planet. Out of 7 billion. We're behind schedule, folks. Tell your neighbor, we're behind schedule. And one of the reasons we are behind schedule is because we don't accept the full word of God as final authority. Let me say it again. One of the reasons we're behind schedule is that we don't take the full word of God as final authority. And we know Bishop, over the last two days, amen, Thursday and Friday, he talked about faith and how important faith is in the time that we're living in and how important faith is going to be in the times to come. Come on, say amen, somebody. 
And when we was talking, when I was talking to him, he said one of the reasons God has him in Europe because they're under persecution. Matter of fact, the church over there in Europe is on the verge of going underground because of the persecution. And a lot of things they're not, a lot of things they're showing in Europe, they're not showing the persecution that Christians are going through. They're not showing the beheadings. They're not showing, he said a pastor came to him out of Crimea. Amen? That's when Russia just took over Crimea. Russia put a hit on every pastor in, the, in, that, in, that, in, that, in that state, or whatever you want to call it. They killed six of them, and this one pastor got away and came to Bishop and won't report, this is what's going on over there right now. Are you listening to me out here? Amen? So it's serious. Time is short. Tell your neighbor, time is short. That's why he said, as time goes on, your faith is going to be challenged like never before. And you're going to need faith to survive in the times to come. Let me say it again. You're going to need faith in the times to come because why? It's getting more and more and more serious, folks. And they're coming against Christians more and more. And you better have your faith intact if you're going to survive. You better know how to believe God. Come on, are you with me out here? Even when it comes to prosperity, and which a lot of Christians don't believe in, and they gag when we preach about it. Come on, say amen, somebody. What they don't understand is what causes prosperity to happen is faith. Amen. Somebody say faith. faith. See, understand something about faith. Faith insists on possessing possessions. Amen. Let me say it again. Faith insists on possessing possessions. I'm talking about spiritually, physically, and financially. Faith does not go home alone. Let me say that again. Faith does not go home alone. It will possess possessions in every area of your life. Somebody say every area. And we found out through Bishop, there are five ways to increase your faith. And I'm not going to go over them because some of you should have been here. So you better get the CDs. In the bookstore. If you miss both days or miss one day, you need to get both days. Come on, say amen, somebody. But faith will possess possessions in every area of your life. Faith insists on possessing possessions. And one thing, another thing about faith, listen to me, folks. Faith should never be questioned. Let me say it again. Faith should never be question. It should be simply be obeyed. And the reason people have left the faith movement is because they decided to question faith instead of obeying faith. Come on, are you with me out here? Like the example Bishop gave, amen, um, of him falling back and having faith that I would catch him. Listen, my faith was out there too. Because <laughs> I like a picture. <laughs> Amen. Going back to South, are you the one to drop Bishop? 
<laughs> That's why he got that headache right now and that lump on his head right now. <laughs> so my faith was out there too. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because I didn't know how heavy he was. <laughs> Thank God he was pretty light. <laughs> But the key was, if God told him to do it, he has to obey it even though he couldn't see where I was. Hear what I said? He didn't tell me where to stand. He didn't feel behind me to, behind himself to see where I was standing. Was I close or was I far away? Come on, say amen, somebody. He had to obey and trust that I had the ability to catch him, for one thing. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen? And that, 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 if, that he had to also obey and trust that what God said or told him to do, come on, God would be there to catch him. Are you with me out here? So you have to not only have the word, but you have to do what? Obey. Somebody say obey. You have to make up your mind to do what God tells you to do in every area, no matter if people like it or not. Do you hear what I just said? You got to make up your mind. Tell your neighbor you got to make up your mind. You have to believe you can do. Listen, you have to believe you can do what God tells you to do. Let me say it again. You have to believe that you can do what God said you can do. Now, others may not believe that you can do that, but don't worry about them. Why? Because you're not believing them, you're believing him. Are you with me out here? Go to Colossians 127. Colossians 127. You have to believe you can do what he says you can do, folks. You got to believe it. Tell your neighbor, you got to believe it. Colossians 127 says, To whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of, his, of this mystery among the Gentile. What's that mystery? Which is what? Christ in you. Somebody say, Christ in me. The hope of glory. So you're believing Christ in you. You're believing Christ in you, the hope of what? Glory. So we don't question faith. We just do what? We just do what? Obey it because why? Faith, listen, faith should not be an intellectual puzzle. In other words, you shouldn't be trying to figure out how God is going to do something. When all you have to do is what? Obey it. Somebody say obey it. You think about it. If you think about when you, well, some, most of us when we were growing up, I don't know about this new generation. I don't know about your parents today. I'm uh, praying for some of y'all. Amen? You will find things went well in your house when you obeyed your parents. But when you try to figure out how and why they wanted you to do certain things, 
things didn't go very well. <laughs> Come on, am I, am I talking to somebody in this room? And see, and all they wanted you to do is obey what they said. And if you obeyed what they said, things would go well with you. And you wouldn't have to get the stick or the broom or the shoe. If you would just simply clean your room when they told you to clean your room. Or do the dishes when they told you to do the dishes. How they wanted you to do them. Things would go, would have went what? Well with you. But when you start saying, why do I have to do it? They ain't doing nothing over here. I'm the only one doing dishes. I ain't even eat last night. <laughs> they make my dishes. That's when things don't go well with you. Because they will tell you, it doesn't matter. I told you to do them. Can I get an amen sir, for the old generation parents? Because <laughs> I don't know about you new generations, amen? Come on, y'all be talking about, y'all be having, okay, let's, let's, let's reason together. Ain't no reasoning. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm going to obey. <laughs> You see, all God wants any of us to do is just obey what he says. Spiritually, physically, and financially in every area. Some might say every area. And if you question faith, it will shut you down. I'm saying it again. If you question faith, it will shut you down. If you obey it, it will insist on possessing the possessions you are believing for. Come on, anybody in this room? Never let it become an intellectual puzzle where you're trying to figure out how this piece is going to fit. Just obey it. Somebody say, just obey. Somebody tell your neighbor, just obey. Tell another neighbor, just obey. Turn to Jeremiah 29, 11. See, your mind can't be filled up with how. Because if your mind is filled up with how, there's a fog there. Come on, there's a fog there, and now you can't see anything. Because your mind is filled up with how am I going to get this done? Come on, say amen, somebody. You become blinded to what God is trying to reveal to you about what you can do. When you start what? Filling your mind up with how. When God tells you to do something, it requires great financial resources. I know they got another scripture up there. We're going to Jeremiah. We keep a marker there. Amen. But I know they have Luke 4.18 up there. At least they should have anyway. Amen. See, when God tells you to do something and it requires great financial resources, understand something. 
When God tells you to do something that big, God doesn't ask you to pay for it. He just asks you to believe for it. Let me say it again. When God tells you to do something that requires great financial resources, he doesn't ask you to pay for it. He just asks you to what? To believe for it. Just what? Just believe for it. Even when it comes to giving to keep other ministries. Come on, say amen, somebody. somebody some people's mind went tilt. Because people's mind will say, how am I going to squeeze out an extra $10, $25, $30, or $50, or even $100 extra a month to give to the spread end of the gospel in Europe? See, God's not asking you to pay for it. God's just asking you to what? To do what? To believe for it. Come on, say amen, somebody. And if you believe for it, God said, I'll take care of the rest. Because God will see to it that he gets it to you if he can just get you to believe for it. Are you with me out here? He'll find ways to get it to you if you'll just believe him for it. See, believing, understand this, believing is a gift from God. And believing is powerful. Somebody say it's powerful. And see, we live in an economic world. And this economic world has taught us to pay for everything ourselves. And that's why we gag when somebody talks about money. Amen? Churches have taught you to pay for everything yourself. God is saying today, I'm not asking you to pay for anything. I'm asking you to believe for it. I'm asking you to what? I'm asking you to what? Believe for it. Remember what Jesus said in Luke 4, 18? Just should be up there. When he said, the Spirit of the Lord is what? Upon me. But listen to the first thing he addresses. Because he's anointed me to what? Preach the gospel to the poor. That's the most important thing on God's mind right now. That's, a, that's the, most important going, the most important thing on God's agenda in this world. The first thing he mentions is what? Preach the gospel to the what? Poor. Why? Because Satan is controlling this world fi through finance. He's controlling this world through what? Finance. If we can break this finance thing, Satan is finished. Why? Because you can handle him and everything else. If somebody is demon possessed, you can quickly cast out that demon. Come on. And if somebody is sick, you have no problem laying hands on them. And believe in God for the healing and believe in God for a for what? For a miracle. But when it comes to money, what happens? We bog down and say, How am I going to do that? Not realizing we don't have to worry about that because why? Our faith will insist on possessing that possession. Anybody in here with me? Come on. You just obey it instead of questioning it. Let me say it again. You just what? Obey it instead of what? Question it. See, when you grasp what the Lord is saying when he says, I'm not asking you to pay for it. Come on. I'm asking you to believe for it. What happens when you actually grasp that and really meditate on that, a freedom comes over you. Because why? Because I'm not pressured 
to manufacture it on my own. Because now God is obligated to make sure I have it. Come on, are you with me out here? And what will happen is it will open up your spirit to believe for everything. You what I just said. It will open up your spirit to what? To believe for everything. Here in Jeremiah 29, 11, most of you are familiar with this scripture. God is saying, for I know the what? I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Not of you, but he said towards you. Somebody say towards me. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Say of who? The Lord. They said thoughts of what? Peace. Towards you. Towards you. What is peace? Possession of adequate resources. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. So he said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Say the Lord. Thoughts of Adequate resources, nothing missing, nothing broken, and not of evil. Somebody say, not of evil. See, God is not in heaven with a hammer in his hand, waiting on you to mess up so he can say, oops, upside the head. Or some of y'all remember the homie bat. Y'all remember that show, huh? Nobody watched that show? Remember the homie bat? Oh, somebody, one person remember the homie bat. <laughs> don't play that, right? Okay. I got two people. I don't know where... Okay, new generation, okay. But some of y'all older than me, come on. <laughs> I know a bros know about the, the homie back. <laughs> Amen, glory to God. Hallelujah. But God says, not of evil. To give you what? And expect an end. See, understand once again, believing is a gift from God. And every one of us has the ability to receive the gift of believing. The problem is we have dissected and categorized the word only the parts that we like. And that will never increase your believing in anything you do. Dissecting and categorizing the word into what it's easy for you to do. Come on, say amen, somebody. And that's what we do. We only take the parts that it's easy for us. Because he's saying here, you got to believe it all. We have to believe everything he says. Why? Because faith insists on what? Possessing what? Possessions. So the thing that you don't like in the Bible are the things you need to believe. Let's say it again. The things you don't like in the Bible are the things you need to believe. See, you may not like bless them that curse you. And you definitely don't like bless them that despitefully use you. But those are the scriptures you need to what? To what? To believe. You can't just accept what you like. You have to accept the things, come on, in the word that you don't like. Oh, come on. Don't be trying to read over scripture. I don't like that one. Come on, say amen, somebody. So believing everything God says is key. See, God is trying to get you to believe the unbelievable and receive the impossible. Let me say it again. God is trying to get you to believe the unbelievable and receive the what? Impossible. But he needs you to believe it all. Amen. 
Somebody say, believe it all. Everything he says, whether you like it or not. Because if you read through the Bible, there's some things that it really, the hair on your neck goes up. Come on. But he said, like that too. And believe that what? Too. And see, understand that it's time for us to provoke the devil. It's time for us to build the biggest houses. Have the finest things in life. Be the biggest giver. Come on, say amen, somebody. It's time for us to provoke the devil. Come on, provoke your friends that don't like you. Let me read Jeremiah 29, 11 from the New Living Translation. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, said the Lord. They are plans for good and not of what? Disaster. To give you a future and a what? Hope. See, you have to believe this because why? Believing is a what? Gift from God. And every one of us, every one of us has a what? Has the ability to what? To receive it. Don't, so don't dissect what and categorize the word. You must never worry about the plans. Come on. You must never worry about how am I going to pay for the plans. You must never get under pressure about the plans God has for you or what God has shown you. Come on, say amen, somebody. And see, God may give you a project that may cost millions of billions of dollars. Come on, and see, understand this. We think that's a large sum, but they blow millions of dollars every day in Wall Street. So there is no shortage of money in the earth. But there is a shortage of belief. You hear what they said? There is a shortage of what? Belief. We have a lack of belief of what God can do and will do. Do you listen to me out there? And see, you can't ever worry about the plans or how you're going to pay for the plans or get under pressure about the plans. God is saying believing is the method he's using to bless your soul. Somebody say, believing is the method God is using to bless my soul. See, we're not talking about your spirit because why? Your spirit believes it. But your soul has a problem. Come on, say amen, somebody. But believing removes the fear. Somebody say, believing removes it. Matter of fact, life becomes easier when you believe. Go to John 5, 24. Light becomes what? Easier when you what? Believe. John 5, 24. John 5, 24. Are you there yet? He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and what? And what? Believeth on him that sent me. It's possible to hear without believing. Let me say it again. It's possible to hear without believing. That's why I say, he that heareth my word, and what? And what? So it's possible to hear and not believe. Come on, say amen, somebody. He said, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has what? 
everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from what? Death unto life. He said, just believe me. Why? It's a gift that I gave you. If you believe me, you shall have everlasting life. If you believe me, you shall not come into condemnation. In other words, you won't even have to deal with condemnation. See, I can be convicted about something, but conviction doesn't make me feel bad. Conviction opens my mind and my eyes to the truth, and I go, whoa, I'm not going to do that anymore. That's conviction. But condemnation makes you feel bad. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So when people try to condemn you, you got to remind them, listen, I'm a believer. And there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So you got to refuse to be condemned. But don't mind being convicted because why? Knowledge comes when, you, when conviction comes. And it doesn't make you feel bad. Knowledge should never make you feel bad. What it should do, it should open your eyes to the truth. Amen? That if I do this, then this will operate. And this will function. And this will flow. But then he says, if you believe me, you will pass from death unto life. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because believing is a gift from God. Tell your neighbor, believing... Jesus said, if you believe my word, not just the stuff you like. Why? Because believing is powerful, folks. To neighbor, believing is powerful. God is always working on your believer. He's always working on your believer. Why? Because we have a lack of belief even though we say we believe. Because it shows up in our actions. It shows up when we're backed up against the wall. Come on, say amen, somebody. And the very people say, I believe. Cry, oh, no, I don't know what's going to happen. Go to Exodus 4.1. He's always working on your believer. Trying to get you to believe. Trying to get you to believe. Exodus 4.1. Are you there yet? And Moses answered and said, Behold, they will not what? They will not what? So the problem is what? They won't what? Believe. Nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord has not impaired unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is in thy hand? He said, A rod. And he said, Cast it to the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a what? Servant. And Moses ran. <laughs> I don't know about you. I'm the, I feel I would have done the same thing. Come on. I got sticking. A snake comes out. I'm running. <laughs> Anybody else running? Don't be trying to be a fake folk now. Come on. You would be running. <laughs> Amen. So it says. Moses said what? He fled. He said, I'm getting out of here. And Lord just called him and said, Moses, <laughs> now put forth your hand and take it by the door. Well, now you, Lord, you're going a little bit too far. <laughs> Lord, take it by the hand and take it by the tail. And, put forth, and he put forth his hand and caught it 
it became a rod in his hand. Then verse 5 it says, that they may what? That they may what? Believe that the Lord, their Lord of the of their Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, God of Jacob, has appeared unto you. See, God has to get you to believe before you can get somebody else to believe. See, first he had to work on Moses believing. Before Moses is gonna try to get somebody else to believe. And that's a lot of problem a lot of us have today. We're going preaching to people and don't believe it ourselves. Tell them stand in faith and you ain't got a bit of faith in you. Quoting scripture. The same scripture as you can't even stand on yourself. What the word said. Come on, say amen somebody. You're trying to get somebody to believe in something you don't believe yourself. Amen? So in verse 6 it says, And the Lord said furthermore unto him, Now put forth thy hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. Now we're talking about putting your hand and my hand goes in there. And it actually goes in there. Come on, I'm feeling things in it. Hey, I didn't know that was in there. Come on. Say amen, somebody. And he poured, and he took it out, and behold, his hand was leprous as snow. Then he said, put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again and plucked it out of his bosom. Behold, it was turned again to his other flesh. And he says, then it shall come to pass, if thou, if they will not believe, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken unto the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. So what's he working on? He's constantly working on what? On your belief in him. And what he can do and what he will do. He's just looking to somebody to what? Believe. Verse 9. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe also in these two signs, Neither hearken unto thy voice that thou shalt take of the water of the river, pour it upon the dry land, and the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. Sign after sign after sign. And for some of you, God is saying, how many signs do you need before you believe? How many signs do you need before you will really start to believe this thing. Come on. Especially since he's giving you the gift of believing. See the signs. Are trying to wake up the gift God placed on the inside of you. And for some of you God has showed up time. And time. And time. And time. And time again showed you sign at the sign at the sign at the sign. But as soon as something else comes up, you right back where you started again. Because why? Because you stop believing. And God's always constantly working on your what? Your believer. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. And some of you are like Moses in verse 10. Like I just stated, come on. Even though he showed you sign of the sign of the sign, he, and Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord. 
I'm not eloquent. Neither hitherto, hitherfore, no since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, I am slow of speech and of slow tongue. Where did he get that from? Because when he was in Egypt, he talked pretty good. <laughs> he was the man in Egypt. But now all of a sudden, he's slow to speech and he stutters. And the Lord said unto him, Who has made man's mouth? Who maketh the dumb or deaf or seen or the blind? Have not I the Lord? He said, now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. God was saying, stop thinking about what you can do or what you can't do. He's talking to some of y'all in this room. Stop allowing your mind to question your faith. Just obey. Stop allowing your mind to get you to try to figure out how. Amen. Just obey. Tell your neighbor, just obey. just obey. See, he was telling Moses, it's not about your ability. Amen. It's about you believing what I said you can do. Yes. Amen. See, it's not about your ability. It's about you believing what I said you can do. It's not about your ability. It's you believing what I said you can do. Come on, are you with me out here? All you have to do is believe what he said. What? Believe what he said. Because he told Moses, listen, I'm going to be with your mouth. I'm going to teach you what to say. All you got to do is believe what I say. Why? Living for God means growth, folks. Not in your strength, but in His. Don't try to be strong in yourself. What's the Bible saying in Ephesians 6.10? Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of whose might? His might. When God tells you to do something, come on, that's way over your pay grade, or that's way over your skill set, if he tells you to build a $10 million facility, if he tells you to believe for a $60,000 car, Or a million dollar house. And see, we struggle with things like that because why? We don't understand the power of belief and the gift of belief that has been given unto us. Come on, say amen, somebody. We'll start thinking about how. And now you're trying to pay for it. Now you're worrying about it. Now you're getting under pressure of it. Come on, I was preaching to anybody in this room. We have to learn how to drink from the gift of belief. Come on, say, I believe. What you cannot do, God can do. And he will do if you understand the power of belief. Let me say that again. What you cannot do, God can do, and he will do 
if you understand the power of belief. Believing is powerful, folks. That's why the devil's always challenging you not to believe. Because he understands more than you do how powerful belief is. Come on, say amen, somebody. Go to John 6.35. You'll find believing and believeth all through, the, all through the Bible, folks. He constantly talks about believing. Believing, and we're going to go through a lot of them at the, by the end of this series. John six thirty five, and Jesus said unto them, I am the what? I am the what? Bread of life. He that cometh to me shall what? Shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me, he that what? He that what? He that what? Believeth on me shall what? Shall never thirst. What does never mean to you? That sounds like bishop. That never means never. <laughs> he said, you shall never hunger and you shall never thirst. See, what you cannot do, God can do and will do if you understand the power of belief. See, you have to go to God with a mindset that what he says to you through scripture, you will simply believe it. Say it again. You have to go to God with a what? With the mindset that what he says to you through scripture, you will simply just what? Believe it. So when you see he's the bread of life, you say, that's where my bread is coming from. That's where I eat from. So when he says to you and, he, and you see he coming to me, he that coming to me, that means I got to go to him. He's not coming to me. I have to what? Go to him. When you see he shall never thirst, listen, I won't be struggling anymore. I will never thirst. My struggling days are over. He said never. He said what? Never. And when people say, I'll never say, I'll never struggle. When you hear you saying that, they'll say, who do you think you are that you'll never struggle? You live in this world, don't you? They say, who do you think you are? And you got to look them in the face and say, I'm that. Come on, this life-giving gift of believing, that's who I am. That's who I think I am. And God told me I will never hunger and I will never thirst. That's who I am because why? I am a believer. Because I am a what? Believer. Turn to Hebrews 11.6. Come on, say that's who I am. That's who I am. I believe. I'll never go hungry. I believe I'll never struggle. I believe I'll never thirst. Now, do you believe that or are you just saying it? Because God's always working on your believer. If I can just get them to believe that I can do what I say I can do. The pressure is off. The fear is gone. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. Hebrews 11, 6. See, when we read this, we always concentrate on the faith portion of the scripture. And we know how important faith is. But he doesn't just talk about faith. Look what he says here. But without what? Without faith, it is what? Impossible to please him. 
For he that cometh to God must first do what? Believe. Must what? Believe. Must what? Believe that he is and that he is a what? Rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek him. See, your believing releases the rewards God has for you. But he has to get you to what? Believe. How can you have faith in a God you don't believe in? Do you hear what I just said? How can you have faith in a God you don't believe in? In order for your faith to work, you have to believe. So is believing important? Come on, is believing important? He has to get you to activate, activate the gift of belief he has placed on the inside of you. It's the power of belief. It's what's going to bring the rewards. I have to believe. Tell your neighbor, I have to believe. And see, when it comes to believing, believing is a mindset. Somebody say it's a mindset. Come on, y'all learn anything here. Believing is a what? Is a mindset. Come on. You have to become, listen, you have to become mentally invincible. You know what I said? You got to be what? what? Mentally invisible. Because when you do, you'll forget all your deficits. You'll forget all your deficiencies. Come on, say amen, somebody. Go on. Because mentally invincible makes you unconscious to your deficiencies. See, you're never going to debt. And you'll always be a tither whether you're starving or not. Why? Because you become mentally invincible. Your deficiencies won't even get close to that arena. Come on, say amen, somebody. Wait a minute, because why? You truly believe mentally. Believing must become a habit. Somebody say a habit. It has to be habitual, folks. It has to be what? Habitual. Because why? Our faith is insisting on possessing that possession. But we have to believe. But we have to what? Believe. you got to start believing. you got to what? Start believing. Go to Galatians 3.22. Come on, say, i got to start believing. i got to what? Start believing. Glory to God. You'd be surprised at things you believe in but you don't believe in some of the things of God. And now you're picking and choosing what to believe and what not to believe in the word of God. And you can't believe just part of it. You've got to believe all of it. Come on, say amen, somebody. Galatians 3.22. It reads, but the scripture has concluded all under what? Sin. That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to who? Given to who? Given to who? Them. That, well, what if you don't believe? What if you don't believe? Come on. The promise by faith is given to them that believe. So I have to believe before I can receive by faith. I have to what? Believe. And we have a problem with Christians really, truly believing. It's coming out their mouth, 
but it's not shown in their actions and how they're handling situations and how they're handling problems. They say, I believe, but they're getting razzled and frazzled when something comes up. God said, I'm working on your believer. You got to believe that I can and I will do what I say I'm going to do. So there shouldn't be no worrying. Shouldn't be biting on my nails. Some of y'all don't have any nails now. Come on, say amen, somebody. If I truly believe that God can and will do what he said he's going to do and what he told me that I can do. Come on, say amen, somebody. Go to 1 Peter 2.27. 1 Peter 2, 2, 7, rather. Chapter 2, verse 7. Are you getting anything out of this? Come on, say, I'm believing. Say, my believing is going to another level. First Peter 2, 7. And it says, unto you, therefore, which what? Unto you, therefore, which believe, which believe, he is what? Precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallow, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were what? Appointed. A lot of disobedience comes from you not believing God's going to do what he says he's going to do. Amen? Let me read this from the Living Bible. The Living Bible reads 1 Peter 2, 7. Yes, he is very precious to you who believe. And to those who reject him, well, the same stone that was rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone, the most honored and important part of the building. And the scripture also says, he is the stone that, will, that some will stumble over and the rock that will make them fall. It says they stumble because they will not listen to God's word nor obey it. Why? You won't obey what you don't believe. Do you hear me? You won't obey what you don't believe. I can even take that in the tithing and offering area. If you don't believe in it, you won't obey it. Come on, say amen, somebody. And look what else it says. If you won't obey, you won't believe. And so this punishment must follow. That they will fall. They will what? People fall not because of the devil. They fall because they stop believing. Am I preaching anybody in this room? But it says he's precious to those who what? Believe. Because why? Because they had the gift of believing. They received from the Lord. Amen? Come on. They what? They received from the Lord. And see, and it will cause their faith to insist on possessing the possessions they're standing in faith for. All God simply wants you to do is believe. Stop saying I believe and start truly believing. Come on, say amen, somebody. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. In order to possess those possessions you're standing in faith for, you got to believe. 
you first have to believe. Amen? Amen? You got to get past your reasoning of how is this going to get done? How am I going to do this? How are, they going, how are you going to get my family together? They're so crazy. God said, just believe. He said, just believe. Because your believing is powerful. Amen. When you start believing, God said, now I can work on getting your family together. But when you start crying and boohooing and all those stuff, you stop believing and therefore you fall. So I got to get you what? To what? Believe. First Thessalonians 2.13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive the word from what? Word of God that you that which you have heard of us, you received it is not as the word of men, but as it what? It is what? It is in truth the word of what? Word of God, which effectually which effectually worketh also in you. And you that what? Believe. Who was the word working effectually in? And those that believe. And those that, and those that, so God is working on your believer. Come on, he's giving you signs just so you can become a believer and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But he gets, he got to get you believe, to believe. You got to believe again. You got to believe that God's going to do what he said he's going to do. You got to believe that I can do because God said I can do it. Say, I'm a believer. Come on, say, I'm a believer. Now give God praise and thanksgiving. Say, thank you for the gift of believing. Come on, thank you for the gift of believing. See, you have, listen, you have the ability to believe God for things that others can't even comprehend. Hear what I just said. You had the ability to believe God for things that others can't even comprehend. Because you can believe God past your salary. Come on, you can believe God past your minimum wage. Come on. Like Kenneth Copeland said, he said, you can be a farmer and still be riding in a jet. Why? Believing is powerful, folks. Come on, are you with me out here? God is saying, start believing me for the impossible. Lift your hands and give God praise. He said, start believing me for the impossible. He said, I'm not asking you to pay for it. I'm just simply asking you to believe for it. Use the power and the gift of believing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and give God praise. Come on, say, I believe. Hallelujah. 